0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda power. I, power. I love the power. I love the power. I love the power.
1: Hello and good evening. Welcome to the Port Adelaide preview podcast for the round five match against Geelong. It'll be played on Saturday night at Adelaide Oval. Um, I'm Portia, and joining me, as is regularly the case this week, is Rick. Rick, how are you? How's how's sunny Chicago treating you?
0: Wow, it's it's cold, Portia. It's cold, and it's five thirty in the morning. I'm friggin' tired.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, How but, cold is this? In this, uh, how cold is cold?
0: Uh, there's snow on the rooftops and on the floor, and it's zero degrees, and it's windy. But today is looking bright. It's going to be seven degrees. Apparently. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Is, so is, is it
1: colder than Arctic Park in the middle of winter?
0: Yeah, it's cold.
1: Wow. Okay, fair
0: enough. Well, it gets to like, I don't know, Toronto gets to like minus 30 apparently. Oh God, that's
1: awful, isn't it?
0: And uh, I think this gets to like minus 10 or 15 or something. All the locals are, are hating it. They're, they're over it but the sun is shining this the sun oh the sky is shining the sun isn't up yet and uh yeah well, hopefully we'll have a clear day and a top of seven so that'll be nice. that will be nice will out and do something and you'll get yeah. into hours
1: of sunlight or whatever it works out to be i mean very good yeah
0: another cycle there'll be more sunshine than the port adelaide supporters are facing at the moment
1: yeah, I mean, st- we are 3 1, so it's not 100% doom and gloom, but I think that we've been conditioned for pessimism um, in recent times. So I, I can understand uh, a bit of a freak out. I was a bit annoyed by the weekend's result, but such is life. Um, did, you, so I was gonna th- did you go? No, I didn't go. No, I've been. <laughs> yeah, I won't go into it. No, I didn't go. Right. So that was fortunate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So it's. Anzac Day this weekend, which is, hooray, really good. Yes. Mm. I guess that's Parent. a big deal yeah. for, for some teams. I don't know. I suppose it's a big deal for us. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, as one of the posters um, put in the thread, you know, his grandparents uh, uh, fought in World War Two, and, you yeah, know, obviously they're not with him anymore, and... Yeah, you know, for, for that one individual that made comment, I'm sure there's plenty more where, you know, he likes to pay the respects to what his, uh, what his family done. And I guess I came from a, an immigrant immigrant family, so uh, mm. I had a different story. But, uh, you know, for those that had a massive influence um, in the wars, you know, I can understand the relevance. And, uh, you know, I guess I had a different background. In the relevance of the wars, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it has its place, and I do agree with the one comment though, like comparing footballers playing football to soldiers at war. Yeah, I think takes takes a little bit too far.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's okay to talk about football as it got called up. That's sort of in theme, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm beginning to, beginning to wonder the relevance of Anzac Day. Um, and I, I I know that it is relevant, and I know that you know we talk about Vietnam veterans, and yep, fair enough. Um, but it just sort of it's got to diminish at some point, doesn't it? Until we get in like a really really big war, <laughs> because the well, I think... like for me, it's my grandparent, my, my grandfather, and I suppose the other side, my grandfather and grandmother um, that were involved in World War Two to some extent, uh, and they're gone, <laughs> and I'm, I don't know, I'll probably be dead in 40 years, right? So that's like a mm-hmm. huge, huge drop. It's sort of like, it feels to me like people who say, oh, I, my grandparent remembered the Civil War in the United States. Like that that time it was. How you say, oh, it's 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 ages now. It's over 100 years ago. I suppose it's not too far from that. Like, you know, World War One's over 100 years ago now, isn't it? So I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's just interesting. It's, I think it's going to have a diminished importance unless we start wars.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think the, I think the rela- or the, the logic is though that um, when we forget, that's when we're most likely to have another one. So yeah, yeah. as a society, so yeah, hopefully look, we fair. don't. Ho- hopefully we don't forget. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that that's fair. I, I just, I don't know. I guess I just wonder... Like when I was a kid, you know, every, every kid had an Anzac pit grandparent, right? But now, yeah, I don't know how many how many had a chance to meet them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. it's 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 but, different. Mm.
0: But I guess if families share their legacy by telling their story,
1: yeah, I and guess. really
0: and really embedding that story mm. uh, into their family culture, well, that's how it can live on. You and I are obviously different. Like, you know, my father was, you know, was nine. Um, my grandfather, you know, he was in Holland with the Nazis running through Germany. So yeah, um yeah. so he had he had to do the opposite and actually hide, you know, because he would have just been murdered. Um you know. So uh, yeah. and then and then my father was splintered off with his from his second brother to farms because there was no food. So, you know, they're interesting stories, but it's a completely different story to the guys that came from australia or other countries and, and fought and represented um you know but it's still a story to remember so it's up it's up to all of us in the family to keep those stories and pass them on so we do remember and we don't forget so it doesn't get replicated because they're horrible events
1: yeah look i i, I do agree but i don't know i just feel that with the people that were involved and not around it is hard to carry that on um And I don't know, that means we're just relying entirely on media and and, uh, unfortunately relying on nationalism. Uh, And I don't think they'll necessarily keep telling a true story when there's not people around to say, hey, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, mm, That's a worry. That makes sense. That makes sense. But uh, I'm glad that we've got ANZAC around. We've got a good, from a Port Adelaide perspective, we've got good representation in, in the wards, And uh, it gives the club an opportunity and for the supporters that um, do have a strong passion in it to be able to provide that as a vehicle um, through game day uh, and Anzac round in general to, to support everything.
1: Yes, very much so. All right. Well, look, um, unless you've got another hot topic you want to talk about, we can go into talking briefly about Geelong in preparation to talk about our team. How's that sound?
0: Well, well, I'm not depressed, put it that way. So uh, I'm just tired. So uh, yeah, don't me think too. I'm. Depressed. <laughs> and it's and I'm on the apartment living at the moment, so it's very dry. So it's made me all nasally. So uh, yeah, well, I guess okay. the only other hot, the only hot, other hot topic. I'm not. Is it on your run sheet? Is is Sam Powell Pepper um, stepping himself out? Have oh. you? Uh, no, I
1: didn't have put it on the run sheet because that's what Sue to say. It's kind of sensible, really,
0: isn't it? You know. Uh, but you know. It makes me wonder though, has what's has the AFL's Players Association actually um stepped in and, and spoken on behalf of Sam here? Probably not. I mean that's pretty it's pretty weak as uh, a as their union and or their representative. Um you know, he's had trial by media. He's been uh falsely accused in the media. Um And I think the posters that really, uh, that pointed out that, um, you know, the term sexual assault was thrown around very, very early. Mm. um, If it's as described
1: as sexual assault, I'm pretty sure. Pardon? If if it's as described, I think it counts pretty much as sexual assault, doesn't it?
0: Well, not really, because we don't know. We don't know what the... uh, yeah, and I th- I'm oh yeah, yeah. Sure no, but I'm just they've... saying
1: the description that we have heard that sounds like it is sexual assault by the law. So
0: yeah, but yeah, the, he hasn't he isn't being prosecuted by the oh, law. Oh sure, sure. So... Well, yeah, well. So you know, so, you know does, he, and does he want people... to put his hand up for that? <laughs> no, but but people are protected. People are protected. Oh, yeah, are they? If it... Well, if this is a criminal case, uh, the name well, would they're be protected developed. in the
1: court certainly. There's no doubt about that. That's
0: right. But That's right. So he he would have had more protection through the court system than what he does in the open media. Yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. So um, yeah, and I think the AFL, you know, sounds like they haven't really supported Sam too much either. So I mean, all, all um, we've heard at
1: this point is allegations, right? So yeah. you'd always hear allegations anyway. Really, wouldn't you? For an AFL person going up before a court, you'd always hear the allegation. So yeah,
0: but he's he's not mean? in court, hasn't. Hasn't got him, no, that's what I'm hasn't saying. Well, if
1: he goes to court or not, I mean, you would still have people in general would still hear what the allegation was and their response to whatever that would be would probably be whatever it would be if he went to court or not. I don't think that's that's changed because there's not a court action in place.
0: Mm. I think he's been hung out to dry a little bit.
1: Yeah, but if he, again, if, if, if this had gone through the police, it would still have got out that, oh, such and such is seeing the police and then the allegation would come out. So it would be in the same situation in far as public inspection. It's just that currently he's not got a court date hanging over his head.
0: Well, they probably wouldn't have released his name. It would have been really? a... Uh, you reckon that would have would worked? Have
1: been, <laughs> Considering yeah. how hot the reporters were on Paddy Ryder when he just happened to actually be doing good things. <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, that would have got out for sure. Let, let's not be naive, it would, Rick.
0: <laughs> it would have, it would have been uh, a Port Adelaide football player.
1: Yeah, ah, oh, sure, yeah, for a day, and then it would know who it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, of course, it would have, uh, it would have been leaked out. In some yeah, sarcastic.
1: yeah. So I, I don't, I don't believe there is, is a difference in terms of the public perception of this, but depending on whether he went to court or not. I like, can say he hasn't had a chance to say to prove himself innocent, but. Good luck with that. How do you do it? Uh, same as how do you prove him guilty? Like, it, it's a very long and complicated process. Um, uh, and to be come out of it and say, hey, I'm completely innocent, well, geez, you'd have to be Andy Dufresne to come out and be, like, be that confident that you're going to get a result in your favour, wouldn't you? I mean, if he's done, even yeah. done 50% of what's been said, he'd be feeling a bit iffy about his chances, so...
0: So if he's not in the headspace to play against Geelong, should he yeah. be playing for the Magpies?
1: Uh, oh well, maybe I don't know. Look, it really depends. This is this is where it comes down to. Like these are the circumstances we don't know about because you know there's only one party involved. Um, that's 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 what it is. If there's two parties, you probably hear about. And if there's only one, you probably won't. Um, so it's hard to say. Um, we do know he's had a difficult background before he joined the AFL. Um, to be in the headspace where he was, you know, and after two AM, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like maybe he's already in a in a in a bad headspace right now. Who knows? Um, I don't know. Do you know? I don't know.
0: Don't know. Obvious, obviously, he is. He's yeah. not playing. I mean,
1: we've had we've had players disappear um, for other reasons in the past that have been personal to them. So okay, well, if that's what this is, if he's just. Can't focus, and I understand he might not be able to focus, and this is a pretty big game. Um, yeah, well, fair enough. If you can't focus, you mm. can't focus. That's that's how it is. Oh
0: uh, yeah, there's another hot topic. Mm. Robert Walls is still making comments in the media. What's going on there?
1: About what? Anything?
0: Anything, Why? especially <laughs> negative about, especially negative about Port LA. Who still listens to Robert Walls?
1: I'm going to guess Leon Cameron. Um, because uh, <laughs> uh, Robert Walls, I think, didn't wasn't he famous for having uh, managed to coach a premiership because he had the absolutely loaded team in Carlton, and then when he had to compete with like a normal team, he was just pretty shitty on the line. I mean, that's probably the path that Leon Cameron's following. So I imagine he gets a Leon's respect at least.
0: Um, we'll see. Yeah, he's a he, he was in the old brown paper bag days, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. No,
1: he's. He's just—he's just an he's just old footballer, and there's a lot of them. So you know, you can listen to Walls, or you can listen to anyone you want.
0: <laughs> I mean, but if you compare like Kevin Sheehy, you don't—he's not that. Kevin isn't shit negative. He, I mean, he's sort of gone out gracefully. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you don't hear him making negative after negative after negative comments. But I guess maybe he doesn't need to make any more money by me by being a lackey for the media. So maybe that's the difference.
1: Is that, and there's also the fact that, you know, Kevin Sheedy, like, he's got a decent reputation across the league, whereas I think if Rob Wall stopped being annoying, you'd forget about him. Like, I had literally forgotten he was still involved in football until you mentioned that right now. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I think that's the difference, is that people aren't going to just suddenly forget Kevin Sheedy, but Rob Wall's if he's not been an idiot, he's he's forgotten by tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is mm. true. Mm. All right, let's move on. All right, moving
1: on. Geelong, they are 2-2 for the season. Um, they've had two wins and two losses, obviously. So losses to Hawthorne at MCG by a point and West Coast at Firth by 15 points only. They won against Melbourne at the MCG by three points and against St Kilda at Cardinia last week by 47 points. That was not the actual order played. Um, their losses have been close and they've had one close win and one you know, pretty substantial win against St Kilda in Geelong. Um, I don't know, like they've been able to stay in matches, so that's been interesting. Um, So I went through the stats because I don't like watching Geelong. I have seen a bit of them this year and I just thought, oh, they're kind of going one direction. And yeah, they they kind of are. (laughs) Um, Their defence is under pressure, but they're holding really well. um, Or not really well, pretty well, certainly. Um, As a team, they have had the most inside 50s against, um, but they're only seventh for goals against. They do have the most behinds against. So the defence is doing whatever they can to make sure that the ball is rushed or, more importantly, that um, possession is given away in positions that are hard to kick from. Um, They're forcing shots under pressure. Uh, But the midfield is the interesting place. Obviously, this is meant to be the superstar midfield, and I guess it kind of is, because they're kind of playing like superstars. Uh, They're going one way, for the most part. They've got the fourth-fewest tackles in the league, um, but they are fifth for uh, uncontested possession. They've got the fourth-fewest inside 50s for themselves, but they've got the most inside 50s scored against the team, which pretty much says... uh, they should be getting it forward more and they should be doing a hell of a lot more to stop the ball going into their forward, into their defence, their own defence. Uh, and they've got the most clearances against, which is um, one worse than us. So if we think we're, we're having a lot of clearances against us, you are only having more, um, which is fascinating. Uh, given this was meant to be the, the dream machine midfield, but it just looks like it hasn't clicked yet. Maybe there's just too many superstars in the team or players that think they're superstars. Um, when you're looking at the producing midfielders, you've got... Obviously, um, Dangerfield and uh, Selwood and a um, Degree Ablett. Um, but then after that, it's Tim Kelly and Brandon Puffett. I think, are pretty much right up there. And, you know, then Puffett tackles a bit, but they're not exactly uh, um, your nugget midfielders that really get in hard on every contested ball and you know, bully, bully people around, I wouldn't have thought. Um, so it reminded me a lot of late Choco Port going through this, because I reckon our stats in that period would have been pretty similar as far as midfield performance Um and, uh, they, but they are doing well with pressure around the ground. So they've got the fewest rebound fifties against, which means that once it's going in their forward line, it is actually staying there for the most part. Um, the second for, this is the really good area for them. They're second for contested marks and they've got the fourth fewest contested marks against them. And they've got the third fewest marks against them in general. Uh, so they're in the air, they're having a really good year. Um, college Ashney in defense is probably really a good example of that. um, and they've got the second least uncontested possession against, which uh, is a good one uh, for them because it means that they're not allowing a lot of time for people to piss about with their handballs and uh, and kicks uh, out wide. They are actually, um, once it's outside of the clearance situation, they are actually doing a bit to try and get near a player that has got the ball. Uh, and their forwards are okay. Um, their fourth for goal assists, which says they've got a bit of system, but otherwise their stats are about where they should be for being eighth on the ladder, which is what they are. So. Uh, um, it's interesting to see what's happening with the midfield. I think that theoretically it should be exploitable. Um, this is a ruck stat, but it, the ruck unfortunately goes right against us as far as performance this year. I think they've got an opposite uh, hit-outs for uh, to against them or what we have. So that's not great. Um, yeah, so I've made looking at that. I'm feeling a bit more confident than I did if you just go, ugh, it's drawing again. Because they, they look like a team that is holding together, but there's cracks.
0: And that's interesting. So what, you, what you're saying is they're well-structured, mm, but, they yeah. la- but they lack defensive pressure.
1: No, I'm saying that their pressure around the ground is great, but their midfield is one direction and their defence is struggling to cope with that.
0: So it should be a high-octane uh, high game then?
1: It should be. And look, I mean, what I just described, that's basically what happened in the Geelong-Melbourne game and I think the Geelong-Hawthorn game as well is that they're very good at getting the ball forward. Um, and then they're very good at letting the other team get the ball forward as well. Uh, it, it was a very shoot-out-y. I think that's probably what we're saying, is that it's, it is more likely to be a shootout um, because of the way the midfield sets up. And again, that's late-era Choco all over. Um, we were always setting up ready to attack uh, and then getting blown out the other way just as often. Uh, it's very... This is, not, this is not the Geelong of old, uh, even though it, on paper... Like us, they look, you know, pretty good uh, in that midfield. When they've certainly when they've got Abbott back, they look pretty amazing. But performance so far doesn't really show that.
0: It's hard to get a form gauge out of their their mm. games. I mean, they sort of they've beaten St Kilda like they should have going on in St Kilda's form, but,
1: but the rest is really yeah, close.
0: Losing the West Coast and Perth isn't a bad thing, seeing how West Coast are going. Mm. You know, losing the Hawthorne by one point isn't a bad thing, seeing how Hawthorne's going. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's hard to take a gauge out of Melbourne because you don't know where Melbourne are at, but you know, they won by three points. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad result with, the, with Melbourne. Um, so uh, yeah, it's all over the place.
1: It's, an it's hard interesting to tell. Result. Yeah, I mean, as for whether it's good for us, um, I guess the concern for us should be that they are probably, I didn't actually didn't, didn't look at the stats for this, they are probably doing a bit better at converting when they get it forward than we have been. Uh, yeah. And so if it's a shootout, then you play the percentages, don't you? And then you say, oh, well, in that case, John probably wins. <laughs> uh, if it's if it's just a pure shootout and it comes down to disposal efficiency, yeah, they're, they're probably doing all right. Um
0: Mm, so mm. how do you find how our, um, our much spoken about forward line anymore at uh, the moment
1: look I mean I guess for me I'm just still surprised that we're playing three tall forwards that, that's, that genuinely amazes me I just um, that even though we've had a bit of a reversion of playing defenders we are still playing the three talls which is surprising to me Um I don't know if if we Rockcliffe out might actually clean up a bit of our midfield. It's hard to say for sure, um, but just because we've got to improve how we're getting the ball forward, and I know Motlop, Motlop has been good, um, but last week I don't think he was great. I think he did what he could, but we would and we just need we need Pollock and Motlop realistically to really step up and just be super precise and be in the position to get the ball and deliver well to our key forwards because that's not been not been as good as it should be um we've seen Marshall kicking goals and you go oh yeah Marshall's kicking goals I'm like yeah he is but not a lot of them are you know marks on the lead like you would expect yeah uh and even mm. Watts like he's snapping goals and whatever else uh, for a team with three key forwards and of course Charlie Dixon's not really been doing a lot in that respect either uh, for a team with three key forwards you would expect a lot more lead and mark and then set shot goals than we've had uh we've had very few so that's been interesting um so it's still a work in progress. I guess is what I'd say about our forward line.
0: Well, it's the same old, same old, really, isn't it?
1: No, it's it's different because we are. I think we are trying to do a structure. It's just that our midfield, uh, our half forward performance, I guess you could call it, not quite where we need it yet. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't
0: know. Do you, th- do you think, though, with the lack of output Charlie's providing up forward, that oh. there's more imp- There's more impetus to to potentially play him as the influential rap person that he seems to be?
1: Nah. Uh, when you say Charlie's having no impact up forward, I mean, he probably isn't. But again, like, how many really good deliveries has he been getting a game? Because I reckon he had more last year in an average game than he's had this year. Which um, is saying something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know. Look, I'm not keen to see him played in Ruck, but then again, I'm also not keen to see how he played in Ruck, which is apparently what we're doing. Um, Yeah, I'd rather... I'm I'm still going to be on team bite the fucking bullet, but there you are. (laughs) Play a Ruckman. Play a Ruckman. What? Any any Ruckman? Any
0: Any any Ruckman. Yeah,
1: yeah, any Ruckman right now. Any Ruckman. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what what did you think of Kenny Spit?
1: Uh, what, what you mean when Kenny said that uh, there's no Ruckman ready to play? Um, yeah, well, so what? You know,
0: <laughs> it was it was polarising with the uh, the big footy faithful because they um, well they were uh, they were really critical. Well, some were really critical. Like you know, John Carey used to pump players up and inspire them, and and uh, you know they were thinking that what Ken did was really deflating.
1: Yeah, well, hugely you'd think. Uh, it certainly is something he didn't need to say because, you know, he gets selection queries all the time that he doesn't give such a blunt answer to. Um, it's, it's theoretically a slam on list management for saying, hey, how come you didn't prepare the list better than this? Which, you know, maybe that's fair, maybe it's not. Uh, it could be a slam on the Ruckman we've got. It could be that these reckons Frampton's not up to it or that Laddams has not done anything. Um, maybe, who knows? Uh, so,
0: so why are they on our list?
1: Well, you see, that's the question, isn't it? Like if if we don't have a backup Ruckman, why didn't we do something about it? Um, mm. You know, and if the, if, it's, if we're going to say it, that no one is up to the standard of an All-Australian Ruckman and Paddy Ryder, well, yeah, that's true. But not a lot of teams have a Patty Ryder even. Um, there's a lot of OK Ruckman out there playing. I, I don't know. Oh,
0: well, if Jared, if Jared Witz can get a go.
1: Yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, I know that there's an argument to say, yeah, but a Ruckman wouldn't have changed the results we've had so far this year. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's right. But uh, it's not about the Ruckman. Playing a Ruckman isn't about the Ruckman. It's about being able to play Dougal Howard in defence and being able to play Charlie Dixon in forward line. Um, that's, that's, that's what playing a Ruckman's about. Um, yeah. So this, this week again, you know, Dougal Howard has been named as our Ruckman. Um, well, we are up against two forwards that are pretty close to two metres tall. And he's the only defender we've got that's close to two metres tall. So, good luck us.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, I thought, I thought his absence really threw our structure out.
1: Yeah, well, if you heard the commentators once in the preceding games where they talk about, oh, Port's doing, holding really solidly with this young inexperienced defence that have hardly got 50 games each, you know, or uh, some of them are not even close to that. And that's the oldest thing in football, isn't it? If you've got a young defence, don't unsettle it. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that isn't that like you know ancient the knowledge of the ancients that uh, goes back to the origins of football? If you've got a young defence, don't unsettle it for no reason.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean it, it was doing so well, and yeah. um, you know the yeah it was it's very odd. Um, you know, and it's not like how uh, Frampton, for example, isn't getting possessions around the ground and and influencing the game. So. Mm. It is it is quite unusual. It sounds stubborn. It's stubborn, Ken. It's certainly strange.
1: It's certainly strange. Is yeah. it? Yeah.
0: Because I'm with you. I'm with you. It does. It's throwing our structures out. And maybe the, the counter-argument that I threw up with Dixon is that, you know, playing in the ruck and having to run around a lot more maybe is inf- affecting his uh, output up forward as well. Who knows? And could it be that our midfield's having to work harder in a different way and it's... Uh, and that's sort of affecting them as well, or is that a bit of a cop-out for the midfield?
1: Well, I mean, I think that um, Rockcliffe's been off par. He's been not great. Um, and I think that we were counting on him coming in and being excellent straight, uh, you know, pretty much straight away. Uh, and certainly by this point, like round four, obviously the reason why he's dropped this week, because he has been dropped this week, is um, that we expected he would be okay by now, and he's not. Uh, I think that him out could actually improve our midfield at this point, which seems rough, but... Just the fact that we're not making a space for someone to be excellent in that isn't excellent, you know, uh, it means that we can mm. other midfielders we have, yeah, okay, we will get a bit more time in midfield and maybe a bit more idea of the flow of the game and all that sort of thing. So uh, hopefully it'll improve our side in the short term, um, and he can recover properly and come back and be in good form. That'd be really nice.
0: So anyway, I digress. I won't bring. I won't ask that question just yet. I'm yes. sure it will come up shortly.
1: Okay, sorry, we've got to talk about our team. So yeah, uh, this week versus Geelong, uh, in's are Jack Homsch and Jake Need, and the outs are Trent McKenzie and Tom Rockliffe, which is okay. Trent McKenzie, I don't know, do you think that was his only shot at AFL level, or do you think he's had his chance and that was it, um, to be replaced by Homsch after one week?
0: I th- I thought he was poor. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't see what people were saying where they thought he was okay. He he looked like one of those defenders that I've seen in the past that was is just chasing tail all the time and yeah. it, putting in a, putting in an effort and but you know was just like just below the standard.
1: Yeah, and I, I, mean, mean, I mean it's rough to say you know again like we give Rockliffe four games to to be okay and we give Trent McKenzie one but that's where it's at like we didn't see anything exceptional And as for being in the cannon like
0: yeah right. <laughs> I did well. At least if you're gonna, you know, if you just kick it bloody long, you know, use your use your one attribute the best you can. Point of I difference. guess it, it's
1: it's his point of difference, and he wasn't
0: doing it, so okay. No, so mm. there was there was nothing. But obviously, he's just following the coach's instructions, which would probably don't don't kick it long. Never, don't use your best skill set. You know, we there's no structure for that. So, you know, But I mean, yeah, he he just looked like a uh, 190 centimetre. Potter, no offense. I mean yeah, generic, he could do uh, ten t- yeah. he's doing a hundred times better than what I could do, but um yeah, but I'm not for a footballer. So uh,
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um need in for Rockcliffe is probably a change I would have well, I mean, we were talking about need last week. That need coming in probably would have been good and in hindsight, yes, it would have been good. Uh, <laughs> uh, in my view. Yeah. Um, but for Tom Rockliffe, it's good that we did replace Tom Rockliffe with someone that wasn't a halfback. That that's an upside. Uh that's good. So Hopefully that'll work out for us. It is. It could have been Joe Atley in instead, um, but yeah, maybe this is, week isn't the week for it. I don't know. Uh, and we've named our emergencies: Lindsay Thomas, Jasper Pittard, Don Barry, and Trent McKenzie is still loitering around in the emergency list. So. Uh, who
0: who was the first two?
1: Lindsay Thomas and Jasper Pittard as emergencies. Ah. Mm. Do you
0: think there could be a uh, a late out?
1: Look, I mean, there always could be when Hamish Hartless in the top side, uh, but uh, whether we should expect it, I don't think we should, necessarily. I can't see a reason to. Do
0: you think there could be a Marshall question mark?
1: Why Marshall? Oh, because he was China. No. Yeah.
0: Marshall? I don't think so. Yeah. No? And so, are you happy with need?
1: Uh, look, I mean, I'm okay with need. I'm okay with need. Uh, I don't know that it's the, the- most appropriate... Like, last week would have been an excellent round to play him. This week I'm a bit less convinced of that. Um,
0: Does don't... it mean that Chad, Chad's going to play more midfield, do you think?
1: Hard to say. I kind of wonder whether it well, means that he's going to play more midfield.
0: No, no SPP, no uh, Rockcliffe. Yeah. Is Chad going to be pushed up the ground?
1: Well, I mean, if Chad plays in midfield... Uh, you know, directly opposed to like a danger field. Do you reckon that'll work at our advantage?
0: Only if we've got Ollie Wines continually running through Danger Field as much as possible.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know that that's necessarily
0: needed. But um, I think uh, I think Eva will probably be playing on Danger Field. I would imagine.
1: Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe. So sort of a, a bit of a negating role. He's yeah. got, they've got similar body body shapes, and we all know that Brad Ebert was going to be a better player than Dangerfield, so... Um... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> but I, I just want to... But I, I guess I brought it up because there seems to be a lot of uh, Chad Wingard negative... Neg- oh, can't even say the word. Negativity? Yes. He's not the
1: for it. scoring involvements, so I think that they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're calling our listeners stupid.
1: Yes, our listeners that think that Chad Wingard's not been doing much are stupid.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: like ninth in the ninth in the whole AFL for scoring involvements. So he, he's important. He's very important, um, and he's been doing all right. You know, like if that's if that's substandard Chad Wingard, that's still pretty good. It's still it's still top first twenty-two. That's for sure. Um,
0: so it's interesting. I sort of reflect on why. Why people are heavier on Chad because he's he's producing the same output as what he did when he got into the all Australian team the he's only doing thing I can, marks anymore. yeah, that's right, that's the only thing I can think is he doesn't have that amount of flair in his game yeah. that he wants to yeah
1: well, that happens sometimes, doesn't it you know um, even for players that have had no injuries, they just you know they just don't jump as well as they used to, so okay. That's normal. Like it's not that many, not that many leaping forwards that still have that leap at thirty. And I'm not saying he's th- thirty, but that somewhere along the way it does diminish. And um, I also think that in the past you could say that Wingard was leaping at times when he was it was not the best option at all. You know, um, he was leaping at times to try and make something out of nothing, and then we'd be left with no one at ground level to do anything. So I don't know. The role on the side's changed. We've got three marking forwards now. So what do we need to Wingard jumping around like an idiot for? <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, I, he's, he's I would, yeah, I mean, <laughs> So, that's I fine.
0: mean, he's he, he's basically getting all Australian stats from when he was um uh, selected. I, I just yeah, it really confuses me. I I, I think we uh, I think as supporters we can be very harsh and uh Yeah, yeah. yeah. Long long live the Chad. Keep playing Chad.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree. Hmm. All right, yeah. so we'll move on to Geelong. Uh, they've made two changes. Uh, they brought in Jackson Thurlow and James Parsons, for Corey Gregson and Zach Guthrie. Um, nothing major there. Uh, so we'll move on to the Rucks competition. Uh, Reece Stanley and Mark, I always forget how to say it. I always say it Blick but I know it's not right. And I hear it on the commentary and I forget it immediately. What is it? Is it Blissavs or something? Or
0: I thought it was Blissard or Blizzard or Blicks.
1: Blix, <laughs> let's call him Blix. <laughs> uh, so Stanley and Blix versus Howard and Hoff. Um, it's worth noting, as I said earlier, Geelong's hitouts for uh, compared to their hitouts against is pretty much the opposite of ours. So they've got 188 for and 133 against. Um, ports 131 for and 209 against. And uh, oh, we lost Rick briefly, but he's coming back now. That's Oops. good. Yeah, what did you do, Rick? Sorry
0: about. You're blaming your phone. Sorry again? about that. <laughs> oh, I was re re repositioning myself, and I must have uh, hung up the phone by accident. Sorry. That's Isn't it big. Blitzard or something like that?
1: Something like that.
0: <laughs> is, do you remember? Do you know, I was actually thinking about this last night before I went to bed, like, you know, what are we talking about and stuff, and and I was thinking about the, uh, was it 2016, where he just killed Globy by being that third man up and just decimated us at Adelaide Oval and just ran rampant? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I still got nightmares about that. It was yeah. just—it was a tactically astute game by Chris Scott, but it was very average by us.
1: <laughs> yes. So, um, as I was saying, Geelong's uh, got an inverted uh, hit-outs for and against ratio to us, except for they've actually been going up against teams with Ruckman. So it's probably worse than that. Um, you'd have to think that we're going to get pasted in Ruck. So we have to deal with that. Um, Moving on to midfield, obviously no ablet, but uh, Selwood and Dangerfield are still good, first and second in the club in clearances, with Tim Kelly in third. Um, Ollie Wines has more clearances than any Geelong player does, but we've only got one Ollie Wines, um, so uh, we'll probably tail off a little bit. Um, Tim Kelly and Brandon Parford are important for setting up their attack, and they've been getting goals. I think they've been taking advantage of the attention that has been paid to the, the Ablett-Selwood-Dangerfield machine that uh, has been in place in previous weeks. Um... What I said earlier about how Geelong's been running one way, um, that's not a great scenario for us to know we're going to lose the rock contest. So, oh well.
0: No.
1: <laughs> like, if Geelong play like they've been playing in previous weeks, aiming for a shooter, and then they have dominance in the rock, you'd have to think that we're going to come off worse for it. So that's, uh, hopefully, the coaches have got something clever to counteract that. Um, we haven't seen it yet, but hopefully we will.
0: So how are the coaches going?
1: Oh, we can get onto that in a minute, I guess. Um,
0: <laughs> oh you want, you wanna wait for my rant, do
1: you? Well, at least till we know how we're going for time. Um, <laughs> 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 um
0: So, all right,
1: Sorry,
0: so, okay. Okay, so yep. structurally you're happier with Hompshire Need, Ben McKenzie and an injured Rockcliffe?
1: Uh no. Uh I mean yes I am happier in that respect, but I think that Howard should be playing in an offence and therefore Homps shouldn't be in. Um, I would much rather be replacing who is it out? I'd much rather be replacing Trent McKenzie with Joe Atley, Or Tom Rockliffe yeah. with Joe Atley. one of those whoever it is, I'd rather have Atley and Need in than Hompsh Need in. Um yeah. and more than that, I'd love to have Hayes in. So Hayes and I don't know, Hayes and Atley or Hayes and Need or something like that. Some combination of those would be fantastic in my book, but um, if we're not playing Ruffman, I would certainly rather have Atley in than Honch. And then yeah. just say, play an extra midfielder or something. <laughs> I don't
0: know. If... <laughs> Why not? Atlee's probably not ready either.
1: Oh, you reckon? Why?
0: I don't know, because Ken says so.
1: Yeah, okay. No, let's be reasonable. I mean, he's already played Atley, so that clearly isn't true. And he played Marshall in you know, late last year. Which makes yeah. it extra, extra, extra bizarre that we wouldn't... Like, this is the thing I don't get about not playing Hayes, is that we're playing Marshall. Well, Hayes was already playing at the same... In, Hayes is named the first time in the same All-Australian team, and I think Todd Marshall was. Like, they're, mm. they're, they're in the same era. And if you look at him, like, height and size, like, Hayes is already where Todd Marshall is right now. So if it's physical development, like, yeah, Hayes is probably going to be a, a, a have a stronger frame than... Um, Marshall will long-term, but I don't know. There's Like, if you can make a case for Marshall, I just don't know how much weaker the case for Hayes could possibly be. I
0: don't,
1: I don't mm. think there could be a huge gap, surely.
0: No, you know, I mean, there's this, uh, an illusion that, um, you know, that you get more battered in the ruck than what yeah. you do in other positions. I mean, but they Collingwood played a young Brodie Grundy and have nurtured him for four years. Yeah. Five years. Um, yeah, that's it. He su- he survived.
1: Like I just I don't, under- I don't understand where the coaches are coming from if they think that playing a young ruckman is going to put us in a worse position than we are. Um, taking our best matched up tall defender from our defence, alternately mm. with our main key forward. <laughs> I, I just don't I just don't understand how our coaches could possibly think that. Um, regularly destabilizing our defence and forward line is smarter than playing a uh an eighteen year old ruckman who may be inconsistent and may need a bit of time on the bench occasionally.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: I don't I don't understand that, but you know, we don't know everything, I guess. But uh I guess results will prove for themselves what we should have done.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you there. Yeah. I I distracted you from your run sheet.
1: You did. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Looking at the Spreaky Chat, because there has been a bit of activity, which has been nice. Uh, Nick Teal has said he was worried about Rockcliffe not doing much since Game 2, which, yes, correct. And obviously Rick, who's on the forum, has said Rock clearly injured. Yes, okay, true. Interstate has said, we don't look to have anyone in the side that needs only 50% time on ground, so bringing Hayes in would not significantly affect our rotations. Yeah. That's true. And look, I mean, we were playing Pal Pepper 50% time on ground all last year. <laughs> you know, he, he, his actual minutes on the ground were relatively low uh, for most games. So if mm. you're doing the same thing for Hayes, I mean, you know, isn't that the same thing? I don't know. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. I, well, I'm yeah. happy for a ruck. Any ruck. Um, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Anyone. I mean, Hayes would be a good one for me because I, I like him. But um, Frampton. Yeah. Look, just get him a go and say, okay, here it is. Here's your shot. It's not ideal situations, but you've been waiting four years for an ideal situation. So how about you go and have a crack? No. <laughs> Which is true. That you know, Frampton had times last year when you say, oh, he's really ready, but we didn't need him, and then suddenly we needed him and he wasn't on form or whatever else. Oh, shit. You know, if if he's if he can if he is fit enough to play a game. Then I mean, if he if he can't take a chance when it finally comes for him, then we'll, we know he shouldn't be on the list. and That's that. So mm. he should he should be everything ready right now. Um, and if he's not perfect, well, okay, we deal with it. But apparently, we don't, mm. and we just destabilize that young defence. <laughs>
0: well, you think you think? <laughs> well, but our, our young defence was doing so well.
1: Yeah. and... and not least because Howard is tall enough and fast enough to keep up with the, the young athletic tools that are close to two meters tall you know, mm. that, that was a that was a not it was a key part of it like if you what he did on um uh, buddy franklin how would you feel about having hops out up on buddy franklin <laughs> mm. I, I never not in a million years thank you very much no no uh no he wouldn't keep up in pace he wouldn't keep up in terms of spoiling capacity, he wouldn't keep up in a lot of regards. And I think that's just what we're doing to our defence when we play Howard and Ruck. Uh, and as, as well, a Ruckman, Howard, what, what's his impact? Is it great?
0: The um, You know what? Uh, I guess I, I was on the treadmill running yesterday and uh, there was obviously America's the mecca of sports commentary. Yeah, yeah. And one of the experts was talking about, you know, does the NBA still need... LeBron James and, and then he shifted to he would rather, this guy would rather watch Ben Simmons from Philadelphia mm. um, than LeBron James now because he's so exciting and statistically his first season is now better than LeBron's first season and all this sort of stuff um, where I'm going with this is as a spectator Dougal Howard as a defender was very very exciting for me and yeah. it made it made me want to watch the game. Like Dougal up against Buddy, even though Buddy kicked four goals, was yeah. exciting because I thought he did amazing. And Dougal playing in ruck just doesn't do it for me, <laughs> you know. And so it's like um, it's like telling Ben Simmons to be point guard, even though the guy's so pretty good, he probably could. But um, yeah, it's a different ballgame. But uh, yeah, that's the that's the point I'm trying to get. Dougal in defence was so good and so exciting, and yeah, I could accept that he was going to make mistakes, but I could see where we we're going, and it just pro- it provided a such a great dynamic to our defensive section of the ground, and yeah. we just and it is we just has created such a legacy hole um, by not having him in there.
1: Yeah, but also like the productivity of him in Ruck, you know, like he it's he's played Ruck for brief periods before this year. I remember when he did a really fantastic tap and then he just did nothing else. Last I think it was last year, was it probably? Yeah.
0: Um
1: and you know, that's not on him, he's not a Ruckman. If he, we know he's not a Ruckman, so that's okay, but then to say he's the solution mm. I don't get it, I don't get it. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's look, it's uh, yeah. We'll get to the coach. We'll get to we'll get unless you want to talk about the coaches now.
1: Uh look, I mean, we already kind of are, aren't we? I don't know.
0: Um, yeah. Look, <clears throat> I, I mean, you are to ask me the question: Are we? Uh, can we still win the premiership? That's the question, right? Yeah, um, that's the question.
1: Are we? Are we going to win the yeah. premiership?
0: I, I'm still in the view, yes, but I, I'm concerned about our coaching department. Right, I think we've got the best lists that we've had since 2004. Um, we had a lot of optimism. And I think the players that we have, on the whole, are good enough. But we seem to be getting the repeat structural mistakes occurring every season. Um, you know, the Essendon game was far cool because you could just predict what was going on. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I don't – and I think it's easy for us as supporters to go, oh, yeah, it's easy to blame the coaches. What about the players? But the players now are drilled just to follow what the coaches say. I think there's less freedom with players in modern football than what there was probably in the 80s and 90s and even the early 2000s. And and,
1: and not just that, Rick, but, I mean – so in Hinckley's tenure, the players have changed, but the flaws have remained the same. Yeah. Mm. So
0: um, how can that be the players then? <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he he, he regurgitated eleven people on the list. Mm, mm, mm. You know, so um, I just, I just, and it, you know, it could be. I mean. Yeah, AFL we get caught up in cloning what other people do. So, you know, the argument could be, well, maybe it's just the assistance, right? Like um, you know, like like Damien Hardwick had to do at Richmond. Maybe you know, maybe it's not Ken, maybe it's the assistance. But I think what we've learned under Ken is that he's most influential with the when he's had some very astute assistants such as Phil Walsh and uh, Alan Richardson. Um yeah, his success came on on the back of those key assistants. Um, it hasn't necessarily um, been as great with obviously not as strong assistants. So maybe it is Ken.
1: Yeah, look, maybe.
0: Um... <laughs> well, I'm just trying. I'm just throwing it out there.
1: Yeah, look, it could be. Uh, it could be. I don't know. Looking at a midfield. I don't know. I, I have to. I'd have to look into it. and I haven't done, but we've got Michael Voss managing our midfield, and okay, that's cool. Did Pollock and Rockcliffe play well when together when they were at Brisbane? Is that part of it? You know, it, it was was uh, Voss a good coach for Rockcliffe? Um, maybe that's part of what's going on. I don't know. Um, our defence, like it's the selections. Honestly, it's the selections that are, are doing a lot of this. The fact that last week, contrary to what we predicted. Uh, we replaced two forward midfielders with two halfback flankers. You know, that, that is a staple for stagnation with the Hickley side. Um, and that's exactly what we did and exactly what the result has been. So at what point do we realise, hey, when we load up in defence, we generally don't necessarily do all that well uh, against most teams um, or against good teams, I should say, or teams that are playing well. Um, I don't know. Uh, how do you, How do you separate the coaches, you know? it's been a pretty stable unit. <laughs> so how do you say mm. that one of them's okay or that any of them are okay? I don't think you can.
0: Maybe we, uh, maybe we need to get the great Janus on and he could do – Oh, uh, well, he won't know <laughs> he, he, could, he could rate the coaches, coaches uh, from, a, uh, from a, a tactical perspective.
1: How, though? How can you? Like for the most part, the limited information we have, you can really only kind of rate coaches on changes. Yeah, so if we lose Bassett and we replace them with Blah, yeah, or we lose Walsh and we replace them with someone else, um, we it, it's very hard to isolate a coach and say they are good or they are bad unless you are very intimately involved in this in in understanding you know how the Port Adelaide Football Club coaching staff works. So, as from the outside, the only time you can do that is when there is an obvious change. And I must must admit, though, um,
0: I think Bassett's the only one that's really, to me, has given confidence that he's made improvement. Because I feel like we've made improvement under Bassett uh, in our defensive structures um, and our defensive performance and how he's been able to extract, um, you know, in such a tight defensive unit on the whole... um, from a young defensive group, is quite an impressive performance. Um, And if you're going to compare changes like you're saying, I guess I think the midfield's underperformed uh, compared to when we had uh, Walsh and Richardson. And um, I don't know, our forward line's been dysfunctional since 2006. Since we had Brett Brett Ebert at full forward, it's never been the same.
1: Yeah, but I'm, this is this is all coming down to the same thing, though, isn't it? Is that uh, because we tend to overload our defence when Kenny's doubtful? Then yeah, the defence is going to look good, and yeah, because we're taking players away from midfield and forward line, then the midfield doesn't look all that great, and then the forward line looks terrible. So then, do you play in the forward coach for that? I don't think you can. I don't think that's reasonable <laughs> mm-hmm. um, any more than it's necessarily uh, appropriate to say, "Oh, well, the defensive coach is the best." Um, when, you know, for the vast majority of its tenure, we've had a massively overloaded defence. So uh, with a huge amount of our player resources dedicated to uh, being in the last line of defence and then, you know, either rebounding or whatever else from there. Um, and then having like a one or two man forward line. This is the first year we haven't done that. And yeah, the defence held up pretty well for the first couple of rounds. Um, so mm-hmm. that's two rounds we, we can say we've had a really solid defensive coach compared to what we've seen from the defence in the past, we've had heaps and heaps of halfback linkers playing all at once. Um, I don't, I don't think you can pick out the assistants too easily, uh, and say, hey, this one's good, this one's bad. Uh, certainly, based on the way that we've seen selections go, and without pretty good insider knowledge. So, and particularly yeah. as I say, there's been stagnant. Like Nix has been there for years, Foss has been there for years, Bassett's been there for years. Um, the newest faces, is Brendan Laden. This is his second year. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's it mm. is it is stable. It is a stable coaching lineup. And when it is stable, um, you would expect. I don't know. How, how do you say that one is good and one is bad?
0: Well, when it's stable, you should be getting courageous coaching decisions because you know your position is safe. Yeah. Right. And I guess I feel like Ken is a very conservative, safe coach.
1: I think he's defence-focused.
0: Yeah, it's maybe too much. It's the same thing. Nick, uh, Nick on the chat is saying he's starting to doubt, Kenny. If we didn't have a backup ruck ready, if Ryder went down, why didn't we recruit one? Why not give one of our rucks a try? You won't know what they can do unless you give them the opportunity.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. It's either a slam on Frampton or it's a slam on the list managers. It's one of those two, or maybe both. But either way, it's something that Ken certainly didn't need to say.
0: No. Yeah, but I, and I, I guess this is where um, we're... Do you feel like we're a pessimistic supporter base now?
1: Um, I think we're a critical supporter base. I don't know if it's necessarily the same thing. Mm. Um, I don't know. Are we, pers- are we being pessimistic? I don't know that we are. Like in this podcast, I know we've named a lot of criticism, but I don't know that we're necessarily being pessimistic.
0: Because um, we are three and one, right?
1: Yeah, we are three and one. Absolutely, we open saying we're three and one. <laughs> you know, that was that was one of the things we said. So, don't know,
0: don't know. And we're not, and we're not going to be undefeated for the season. I think in modern football, it's near impossible.
1: Oh sure, sure. But all we can go on, go by is what we can see from the outside, and what we can see is selections that do not look appropriate for uh, what we need to be facing and the coaches are not proving that wrong you know we're not Mm. when when old logic because we're using old logic here we're not we're not cutting edge are we and big footy supporters uh even though janus probably thinks he is we're not we're not cutting edge you know um we're mostly going on on older information so when older information says we should be doing this or that we do something different and doesn't work well i don't know and 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 it, it obviously didn't work to old knowledge then either you've got to That's trying something out, um, and it's failing, and they keep doing it. If if they don't, if they don't revert to an older thing, then that means they're keeping with something that isn't working according to old knowledge, I guess. Which is kind Mm. of strange. And I
0: don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't know, Rick. I'm tired. I've got no idea.
0: (laughs) You're tired. I'm tired. I'm up at friggin' five thirty in the morning. Yeah. I'm awake. I'm awake now. Okay. Good. Well, <laughs> good. Well, Nicola um, Interstate has said Rux two thousand and eighteen equals second tall forward in two thousand and seventeen. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, you know, I guess we because we did have that argument about the second toll, what Trango and it, how it wasn't working, but yeah, it just kept absolutely. happening. Yeah, uh, until the last minute. And Nicholas Teal saying um, should be four 0 and I questioned that and said, should we? why and uh we should have won against Essendon. we got lucky against the lions when all uh when we all expected it to be a pushover and sydney was a well fought match i guess why is it that we've can two years in a row we've been able to deliver that intensity physicality to beat sydney and then it drops off so quickly why can't that be the benchmark that we continue to perform at
1: uh i would say uh, i mean this is something that happens when you're a, a more settled side is that And your side that does opposition research is that when you're up against a team that has a lot of known factors like Sydney does, you know, Sydney's been up at the top for ages, we've seen their best, they've pulled it out at various times and we've seen their consistency and a consistent side is a side that can be predicted to some extent. Where Brisbane, I suppose, might have caught us out is the fact that they are so inconsistent, we don't know what their best is and we certainly don't know what their their best best is over four quarters So it's much harder to predict and it's much harder to plan for. And with the young side particularly, the difference between the best and the worst is uh, much more extreme than, again, in the Sydney side where the difference between best and worst, because of their consistency, it's not necessarily all that large. Um, Mm. So so I think that we just – it's the same problem we used to have with North Melbourne when we were good back in the 2000s. And North Melbourne just kept on going up against us and ripping us up because – At that time, they were a team that was very much built to take apart settled sides. And those were the teams they'd beat. And then they'd go up against um, a a team that was just a bunch of young guys having a crack or that were a bit chaotic in how they attacked and played. And then they'd lose, you know. (laughs) It's just one of those things in football, I think, to a large extent. So Brisbane, I kind of can cop that one. Um, And if we'd lost that one, yeah, okay, fair enough. But Essendon, they're a bit more settled than Brisbane are. And they're not that young. Yeah. I think we, we knew what was going to happen and in the first play last week. That first play with Robbie Gray bombing it forward from a centre clearance, which was one of the things we said shouldn't happen. Um, we didn't pressure the ball coming out of defence, which is another thing we said we couldn't allow to happen. And then they kicked it directly to one of the tall marking forwards, which we said was the, the main route avenue to attack and we needed to man up properly on. Right, that was the first play last week. Um the Essendon game, like the Brisbane game, okay, that happens. But that Br- the Essendon game, that was a coaching loss in my view. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think so. I'm yeah. with you. I like to pick on the coaches, though. I think they get away with a lot. Oh, I don't know about Macca- that. <laughs> they do. Macca's always been a big one. Macca's always like, can't blame the coaches. It's the players. They're the ones out there. They're the ones that perform. You know, it's a cop-out to blame the coaches. I do um, that. I don't think so either, and we could take pot shots at Maka because he's not—he's uh, not on the show now. So, yeah, um, he—he yeah. <laughs> he abandoned us. He ditched us. <laughs> yeah, boo, boo let
1: But still, go to Soto's and boo him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I well, have let, let's 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 make some placards and we'll go out the front and boo Maka, <laughs> boo you traitor.
1: If you, go, if you go to Sodas, you've got to heckle Macca while he's trying to work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tom Rick and Portia are uh, having a go at Macca. Houseboat Hinkley. Ooh, what I don't that understand mean?
1: that reference.
0: I don't understand that one either, Interstater. You're going to have to uh, explain yeah. that to me.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, look, I'll just wrap up the, the more formal parts of this quickly. We'll just breeze through it because we have spent a lot of time talking about things that are off the run sheet, Rick. It's your fault. Right. The forward line for Geelong, Daniel Menzel's who kicked 14 goals this year. He's having a very good year. Um, Their tall forwards are Asaba Galea and Tom Hawkins. Uh, They're both around that two metre mark and we should be playing Howard on one of them, but we're not. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. I guess we can store supply. And of course, Asaba Galea, he's still very raw, so he should be exploitable, but he is also quite athletic. So he is a player that could get away um, if he's on a Hompsh, for example. Um, Their defence, Stuart and Tui... They're good rebounders, but they both play pretty loose. Color Jaston is the intercept mark. I think he is probably the one we should be the most concerned with. I'm not sure who our matchup would be. I'd probably say Dixon. Um, but mostly they just got a, had a pretty good solid defensive effort. But it does look like they are due to crack um, because they have been under a lot of pressure.
0: Um, mm.
1: Agree with any, all of that? Disagree with any of that?
0: What do you no, mean? I agree. I agree with all. Okay. What, about, how, Sorry? what about Pittard not being selected?
1: What about it? You don't care? No, why would I? Just ask him. <laughs> I, I, look, honestly, I, I, I'm still in the vote where I don't think he's a necessary inclusion to our first twenty-two. But there you go. Uh, I suppose he could come in frame on That would probably be a, a marginal improvement.
0: Potentially, he's yeah. probably a worse kick than Amon.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's it's a very much a line ball thing. Like if anyone has a crap game, Pittard comes in, and if anyone has a good game, Pittard stays out. Is probably where we're at. I'd say. Yeah. Um, the coach should we be worried about Chris Scott? Yeah, probably. Uh which team has the psychological advantage? It's at Adelaide over, so in theory it should be put, but I think that forever, you know, if it's a close game, particularly this year with Geelong being in you know, a bunch of close games, um, you'd have to say that Geelong's gonna be inside their head and certainly inside the fans' head and probably inside the players' head to some extent too. So if we don't get a strong mm. lead and hold it then yeah, it could be a bit the psychological advantage you'd have to say would probably go pro Geelong. Um in my view, but before the game mm-hmm. has to be port. Mm-hmm. Um, did we have any questions from Big Forty we have to look at, or good ones? Yes. you already did one, didn't you? Yes. Okay.
0: Sort of. It's. Um... Let me just bring it up. Oh, Sorry, okay. I was I was doing some solicitation of our show just to remind people that we uh, uh, the show was on. <laughs> so, uh, I f- I remembered to actually make a thread this week. Compared oh, well to, uh, um, so in a state, I think. Well, who's on the chat? Thanks for coming on. Hey. Two questions: with riders, with riders' injury, and our other rucks not ready. What are our, our realistic expectations for this year? And two, do you see any of our players retiring at the end of two thousand eighteen? Good question.
1: Oh, poor players retiring. Um, Tumpus, mm. uh, <laughs> maybe Trengov if he doesn't get a game. Um... That's probably about it. Any others would probably surprise me, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, what was the, other the other part? Yeah, what was the other question? Riders part? injury and our other rucks not oh, ready. What are our experience. realistic... Yeah.
1: Uh, look, in my perspective, I think that we realistically wait until the pressure on Ken to play a ruck is high enough that he plays a ruck, and then we've got a good chance again. <laughs> so <laughs> um, every loss brings us closer to that moment. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That was quickly answered. Okay. Uh, statement nineteen fifty four said that he believes there's gonna be a piece in the Port Augusta paper read his two great uncles who were killed in consecutive oh. days on the beach oh, right. and later days on the Kokoda tract track conflict. So, um I guess nineteen fifty four is a prime example of what we're talking about at the beginning of of how Anzac Day has a greater influence in their life and uh, part of their remembrance and uh, and respect and yeah, yeah. it's uh, people people like him that need to keep uh, keep his ancestors uh, actions alive for everybody to remember um, Christopher haha said question have we not improved since last year or is this just a perception
1: I think that our list has improved there's no doubt about that I think that we still have the same floor and the biggest one is being exploited right now which is obvious, and it's not the first year that we've been able to say that, mm. um, and I think that the coaches, uh, I do respect that they are still holding with having multiple tall forwards, which is good, um, particularly when in the past it would have been very easy for them to drop one, or two even, um, but I think that last week we reverted, you know, like players revert sometimes, I think our coaches reverted to thinking, oh, we better go extra defenders because we're not in a great state right now. And I don't think that's actually a proven passage to winning AFL games, in my perspective. And certainly, I think there's a body of evidence to say it's not a great way to play AFL. Um, If you let up your defence, what happens is what happened last year. You beat a bunch of shitty sides, and then the top teams don't care. They win in midfield, and they've got space enough to beat you anyway. So, um, yeah, (laughs) that's that. that. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Okay. Um, One great club wanted to know about Will Snelling. He's actually cited... Um, our friends on the Portress podcast. Oh, Outrageous. Fair enough. Outrageous. They
1: probably deserve it.
0: Why isn't the fella getting a go?
1: Um, because he's little and he is behind a whole bunch of players. That's really it. You know, he like we talk about point of difference. Well, Atley can't get a game right now, and Atley comfortably ahead of him. So that's that. Mm. You know, he, he's not he's not bumped his way up the charts to say select me. And given the role he plays, look, he's waiting for injuries, I think. If we don't have massive injuries, if we don't have like a, you know, a Goldcast last year type injury list, I don't think there's any chance he gets a game.
0: Um, Chuck, old daddy said, what are the thoughts of the last post at every game? I mean, I'm assuming every game for the round.
1: Yeah, that's
0: all right. Why not? Why the negativity towards chat at the moment we sort of spoke about that one yeah we we? did that one yeah and would love maybe a few good pafc anzac stories leading up to the day that's uh, not a bad idea um and uh, let's have a look so you had military lc i think this was the one i was citing he's uh, having a beer for both of his granddads can be prouder. And I also tell my grandsons the meaning and the effect of the day won't be lost with me. Um, and uh glitch was, I don't get to see the SANFL NFL apart from highlights. If Marshall was concussed, what tall options do we have apart from Frampton? I read the comments and it sounds like not many. Yeah. If, look, if if,
1: if Marshall wasn't out Oh if Marshall wasn't out, then in theory the case for a Hayes or a Frampton could be made by that because both of them can play forward. And Hayes certainly mm. can play forward. He was he's a they're not um infrequent goal kicker, uh at lower levels, so yeah, that would probably and I,
0: make a case. I made us a I made us a pole Porsche. Oh Who okay. should who should who should ruck predominantly against the Cats? Okay. And I had Frampton won with eight. Dixon, no, sorry, Howard got second with seven. And Sam Gray, Nick, was third with five votes. Okay. Let's ruck Nick. Uh, let's ruck Sam. Yeah, let's get Nick in there. Come on, Nick, you rucked. I'd like to see a five foot six ruckman too.
1: Can we bring back Trent Orman-Allen?
0: Yeah, Trent Orman-Allen. <laughs> Hey, you know, it doesn't matter if you're um, you're good or bad. Mm. You know, history history will just remember you, right? And what do you care when you're dead, whether you're remembered for being good or bad? Now, Malcolm Blight has been remembered forever for putting Trent Orman Allen in the rut I mean, what a masterstroke uh, move that, was that, that one is. That wasn't even what
1: I was referring to. We were already doing it at Magpies before Blight did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were. It was it was not uncommon for him to have at least a few taps, yeah, around the ground. So, Blight was coughing Magpies from that. He was coughing John Cale I would have thought, or Stephen Williams,
0: or or many people. I'm sure it's been happening. For I'm sure, but, but like, with, with
1: the woman down It was happening at Magpies before it happened at the Crows.
0: So, no. but I get, I guess it happened in a grand final. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Or, yeah absolutely. The, you remember which right? makes
0: it, which which makes it more memorable
1: mean, it's just another of those situations if you're going back that far where you talk about how the VFL does something and the has done for years and then they get all the credit for it so (laughs) just in that situation I guess if we're going if we're going back to the the golden days of uh, SAA football um, yeah so do you think
0: do you think we can win the premiership
1: yeah I think we can we just need uh, first of all we probably need Ryder back and second of all if Ryder's not fit we need to play a bloody Ruckman and put Dougal Howard back in defence and put Charlie Dixon back in the forward line. That that's it. Do, if we look, if we if we even just play an extra midfielder in the middle um, and just have that extra uh, presence at ground level, I would rather do that and then keep Howard in defence and um, Dixon in the forward line than, than what we're doing, than what we're doing in destabilising the team.
0: Is Chad uh, Travis Boak the sloppiest he's ever been as a player?
1: No,
0: you don't think he fumbles a lot more now than what he used to in the past.
1: I think he's always fumbled a bit. I don't. I don't think. Really? I, don't, I don't think I would ever have said that. Travis broke is a guy who I reckon has got the surest hands in the league in in, in the team. Even he's he's never been but high I, in that ranking for my money.
0: I think I've noticed it more this year and last year than I have in previous.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe because we've got better hand, uh, ball handlers around him now than we used to. Maybe. Maybe. I
0: I still think it's the worst it's been.
1: Well, yeah, you can say that. I I don't have a case to make against it, but I also don't have a case to make for it. I haven't seen one, so. Mm. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we'll um go to the final wrap. Um, yeah. win side and margin, Rick. Who's going to win and by how much?
0: I'm going to go the Long. Okay. Five. 18 points.
1: Okay. I'm going to put by 50.
0: <laughs> put by 50? Is that yeah. what you really think?
1: Well, I, it, it, I think it's an outcome that could happen um, because we have seen teams coming back from a bit of criticism uh, headed their way in previous weeks and then coming out and having a pretty good performance. And I think that if we do that, we're certainly in with a chance. Um, we've had, you know, we had the Brisbane game where people saying, oh, we're lucky to win. And then the Essendon game last week—that was one I don't think that, I don't. That was one I don't think you can just excuse. Uh, and I think the players know they've got to pull their finger out. So hopefully they do. Mm. If they don't, well, it's highly possible. But I, I'm just going to bank on the fact they do. So okay. port by fifty. Um, highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide.
0: Hmm, night game. It's a good question. I'm going to go Jack Watts.
1: Okay. Okay, how many?
0: Three goals. Fair enough. What um, about
1: you? Yeah, I reckon I'm gonna go for. You know what? I'm gonna go for Chad Wingard. Three goals.
0: Uh, could be Sam Gray.
1: It could be um, uh, Marshall. It
0: could be.
1: Could be. Yeah, I. Don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, which fringe player is going to lock up a spot for next week so who do we think is on the verge of being dropped that will not be dropped uh, uh. <laughs>
0: who, who's left as a fringe player well Amon I'll say Your mo- I'll say Amon Dan Houston I'll say
1: Riley Bonner has been mm-hmm. um, Jack Watts if he's quite I don't know maybe um,
0: nah Jack Watts isn't going to get dropped he's a league goal kicker
1: <laughs> no he's not
0: Yes, he is.
1: Marshall's our leading goal kicker. Is he? I
0: thought Watts passed him last week. I don't think so. Marshall's yeah. kicked at I'd least say...
1: a goal every week.
0: So. Oh, well, Watts has kicked two, Watts at three. Yeah. I'd well, say... i um, Marshall started I'd with would 4 four. <laughs> I'd say A-1, because I don't, I'm not convinced that... Uh,
1: so you're saying A-1 will it. hold his spot? Yes. Okay.
0: Especially if Port win by 50, Portia.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, that's why I'm thinking it's unusual because if Port, if Port, if, sorry, if Geelong win, then I would have thought, you, oh, look, if, let me put it this way and I'll put it as a challenge. If Geelong win, I don't want to hear you saying that we need to drop anyone.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter what I think anyway.
1: <laughs> no, fair
0: a, I've learnt that by now. No one really cares what I think. I just say it anyway. Oh,
1: poor Rick. Um, (laughs) um, I'm going to say Raleigh Vaughan is going to lift and he's going to do enough to hang on to his spot with the the looming possible return of uh, Jasper Pittard Yeah Mm. Um, Are you ready to say we'll win the Premiership? I still think we can, I still think we will How about you Rick? Yes Okay, and are there any other
0: games? But I'm a bit bit shaky on it Uh, Are there any other Other games games? Are there other games in the AFL this week? Isn't it just about Port?
1: Well, Sydney's playing Adelaide, um, which in Sydney, so that should be entertaining, hopefully. Um,
0: well, there's a uh, well, there's a loss um, for Adelaide. They're in trouble. Yeah,
1: uh, maybe.
0: They'll be two yeah. and three. Uh, just having a look. Is there anything? There's well, a lot Sons, of ones.
1: Maybe... could be interesting.
0: I think North Melbourne and Hawthorne. Yeah. And I also think and I also think Melbourne and Richmond, because I think Melbourne's got a lot at stake. Oh, I reckon they'll lose.
1: Um, yeah, I
0: know, but but they've got they've got to come out and show something, surely, don't they?
1: No. Goodwin's still got another couple of years on his contract, so he should be fine.
0: Are you a fan of Goodwin?
1: No, not at all. I, I despise him as a player, and um, my greatest reservation in following the demons at all was the fact that uh, Simon Goodwin was going to take over, and he has now turned it into a Goodwin side, so I have no interest in them at all. Um, <laughs>
0: no, no, they couldn't, they couldn't. Why? Why did you despise him as a player? Oh,
1: why would you not?
0: <laughs> I mean, outside of playing for Adelaide.
1: Oh, that's the main reason. But also, it just seemed, certainly, uh, at the time, that a lot of what he did that he was being heavily applauded for. And he did improve in later years, but early on in his career, literally all he did was get the ball and just bomb it long as hard as he could. Um, That that, that was what he'd do. And, yeah, he'd be a clearance king and he'd be bomb it long, but so many times, particularly with the possession game that we were playing, it would come straight to us and we'd be like, thank you very much. Um, (laughs) You know, and other teams were doing the same thing. Uh, Like I said, he did improve later on, but... For a huge chunk of his career, I mean, that was just what he did. He was not a smart midfielder, and the, I think I always felt the raps that he got for being the midfielder he was were probably a bit too strong, frankly. Like how people feel about Tex Walker now, I guess. Mm. Mm. The Tex. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, cool. Look, um, I think we can wrap it up. We've got a
0: bit over. Um, right. That's your fault, Porsche.
1: Yeah, look, it is. He got me fired up. and I can't even remember what it was about because I'm tired. Um, sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, so why are you tired?
1: Oh, just exhausted. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's the weather change. Like, we finally had multiple cold days in a row. Um, and I always forget in winter that, you know, I always think, oh, winter's great, isn't it? Because, you know, you've got football. But then you forget that sometimes, I'm like, oh, yeah, sometimes it's cold and miserable.
0: <laughs> um Come to Toronto or um, Chicago.
1: Well, that's more invigorating because there's always a chance that um, if you're outside too long, you could die.
0: <laughs> well, we uh, we made a bit of a tactical area yesterday. And, and oh, yeah. so we we went for brunch at 11.30. Okay. And so we decided to go to this place that was like 3.8 mile. So uh, we drove there. Sure. We hit traffic. We hit yep. roadworks. So that slowed us down by 20 minutes. Got there 8. Coming back, we missed our turn off twice um, and then got caught in this loop. And then we wanted to go see Millennial Park and then couldn't find a car park. So we dropped the car off. By the time we dropped the car off at two o'clock, I got asked, All right, what are we going to do? And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I can't be stuffed. Oh, yeah, it was that freaking cold. I just, we can watch Netflix and uh, because uh, it was freezing it's just not motivational to go outside or anything you know and these the poor local the poor locals have to put up with this for like you know six seven months of the year it's outrageous
1: i i kind of think that driving in chicago like chicago of the american cities has probably got the best public transport system for its population in my view I would have thought you would have just got on the L and got around that way. Certainly for seeing somewhere like Millennial Park, it would seem a better move than trying to find parking. That would be awful.
0: Uh, we should, I would have just walked there. That's what I would have done. Well, that It was still okay. Yeah. 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 But um, anyway, but yeah, no, where we went for the cafe was sort of out a little bit. Okay. So okay. We're, already, we're already committed in the car. But, uh, but look, Chicago's lovely. Recommend if you can get there, yeah. come out and check it out. But it's Toronto, that's the, that's the secret one. Go to Toronto, it's amazing.
1: <sighs> okay, good. <laughs> all right, <laughs> uh, are you in uh, Chicago again next week?
0: No, we uh we fly um, oh, we fly Monday. Um, so Monday's show will be from Chicago, damn it, right. back to Florida. Back to Florida. Oh, next that's week. all right,
1: that's good. Yeah, okay, so in that case. I will speak to you while you're in Florida. And um, until then, hopefully we have a big win. Hopefully we yes. are the team. This is what we want to be. This is what we really want to be as fans. We want to be the team that finally breaks Geelong. That finally says, hey, you know how you've been kind of struggling to really put sides away, which you used to be able to put away really easily. This is the week it all goes to shit. So that's what I'm hoping is going to happen this week. And that's what I've tipped. So can Port.
0: Go the power.
1: Can- we guard? by Broadbent through the middle of the ground. Now a long kick down in the Paul Stewart direction. He marks and plays on. He keeps his footing. Got away from Ferrito to put